The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we got a tremendous hour for you as we're going hoops heavy in this hour. We're going to be taking a look at a lot of college basketball games that are going to be happening on this Wednesday. Along the way, we're going to be joined by Grant Mitchell. He does great work at Forbes and is a one half of the Fade the Public podcast. We're going to be looking at some NBA futures with him, getting a little bit of a reset as the NBA season, it's going to be getting back up and running within the next few days in terms of games are actually happening. NBA season, much like the NFL, never ends with all the -the off-the-court drama like even we saw it on Monday with now having... Joining the L.A. Clippers, someone like a Russell Westbrook. So you've got a lot that is going on there. You've also got just a lot of these guys in general signing with new teams. So we've got a changing landscape in the NBA. We're going to be talking about that with Grant in about 15 or so minutes. But on the way, we've got to get you guys some college basketball picks. And we were taking a little bit of a look at the ACC in our number two. But we did not cover this game. And... It's one where I do think that you've got a nice little edge with the favorite. This is 729, 730 on the betting board. Wake Forest is going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against NC State. And NC State is a favorite of six points. Your total, it is between 155.5 and 156. And for NC State, I feel like they should be closer to a 7.5 point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the number. NC State coming off of a very nice emotional win over North Carolina. And I recognize that some people might be evaluating this and thinking, man, you know what? 
having to play against North Carolina, that might be a little bit draining to them, but I do take a look at this Wake Forest team, and they're just not playing a lick of defense whatsoever. It's a Wake Forest team that's playing a little bit more up-tempo. They've gotten to more around 75th in the country in terms of total possessions per game, but Wake Forest bunch, in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, a very less-than-savory number of 231st in the country. Meanwhile, you've got an NC State team that I recognize that this is not the 85 Bears on defense or anything like that, but they're 75th in the country, and they're allowing right around 8.5 points fewer per one hour possessions at home rather than on the road. And for NC State, you've got some very good, versatile cards. Turquavian Smith, Jarkel Joyner, they combine for about 34.5 points per game. You've got a guy in Casey Marcel that helps them out, shooting about 42.5% per three. He's able to chip in their five boards per game. And for NC State, You've got out of your top four scorers, three of them, who are able to supply you with at least four and a half rebounds per game. Wake Forest has good versatility as well. You've got a pair of guys in Cameron Hildreth, along with Tyree Appleby, that do a good job of stuffing the stat sheet. Appleby, he's eaten good in the neighborhood. He's been able to give you 16 points, nearly six assists, but also turns the ball over nearly three and a half times per game. Hildreth had a triple-double a little bit earlier in the season against Hampton. He's able to give you right around six boards, 12 points per game. Austin Carr is able to also give you right around... 10 points, 6 rebounds. Both of these guys are able to pop threes. They don't necessarily do so very successfully. And for NC State, they've really been able to do a nice job of fortifying themselves at home as well. They've given up 70 points or fewer and now 5 out of their last 6 games. So they've been able to do a good job on this front. Wake Forest has just been playing games that have been absolutely all over the place. I mean, it is a bunch that the amount of defense that we're finding with them is pretty much zero right now, which... I had to reflect that in my total because NC State has actually been able to turn over a new leaf with that regard. They've got someone in Greg Gant who only gives you like two points per game, but he's been able to give you 4.8 rebounds per game. So I do think that this is a circumstance where I think NC State going to be able to do a solid job down low. DJ turned it up. Burns is able to give you five rebounds per game as well. So I did set NC State as a seven half point favorite. I think that they do a good job with their backcourt. They're able to get a few more clean looks. And I do think that down low, they're going to be able to win that battle on the glass. But in terms of the total, I did have to set my total at 156 half. I'm looking over, despite the fact that we've got an NC State team has been quite a bit better on defense this season. I think that this is sort of one of those games where you're in that strike range of having some late game fouling when you're down like six, eight points with a minute remaining. You know what that means. A whole bunch of hacking like a bunch of lumberjacks is going to be happening by the team that is down. I think that that is going to be happening with Wake Forest in this game. So I did set my tail at 156 half. I'm going to be willing to go over, and I am going to be willing to lay the six with NC State. This is a game I also find to be very fascinating. It is going to be out there in the SEC, and we've got Auburn playing us to Ole Miss. This is 733, 734 on the betting board, Ole Miss. Maybe between a 12 to a 12 and a half point underdog with your total between 136 and 136 half. And I made Auburn a 12 and a half point favorite. We're seeing some 12s pop up and 12 would be my minimum buy point on Auburn. As a matter of fact, I was seeing a 13 or two. I was out there a little bit earlier. So I'm personally going to be letting this line marinate. It seems like money is starting to come in on Ole Miss. And that's the case. I'm going to be willing to take Auburn. Auburn has really done a tremendous job with their defense this season. Now, you got a pair of teams that they can't throw it in the basket from three-point range. Both of these teams shooting below 31% from three-point range, but you've got an Auburn team that's just completely bearing down with their defense, 19th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Ole Miss, they're ranked outside the top 110. And for Auburn, the biggest reason why they've been able to do such a good job with their defense is that they're cleaning up. And the man that is doing so 
Gianni Broom, 14 points, 9 boards, multiple blocks per game. Dylan Cardwell has not been able to give this team as much down low as he did towards the beginning part of the season, but we're also noticing that Auburn has been a little bit better with their offense recently. 69-plus points in three other last five games. Big reason why Jalen Williams has been able to do a solid job shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. He's able to give you 10 points per game, and you've also been able to get more out of Allen Flanagan, a guy that gave the team double figures two seasons ago. Last year was all sorts of banged up. It was a lost year for him. This year, he had a rough start to the season, but now eight-plus points in seven out of the team's last nine games, so he's been able to pick it up a little bit. Meanwhile, for Ole Miss, You've got Matthew Morrell along Jamin Brakefield that will be able to combine for about 25 points per game. And to the credit of Brakefield, six plus rebounds in five out of the team's last six games. He's been able to get to at least eight points in five out of the last six. So he's been performing better for Ole Miss. But with Ole Miss, it's just very befuddling as to how they put this roster together because I thought that they were really going to be a team that got after it on the glass. You bring in Javius McKinnis, who was averaging 10 rebounds per game at Jackson State. Josh Mbala, two years ago at Buffalo, was averaging a double-double. Theo Akwuba was a 8-plus rebound-per-game guy at Louisiana. None of these guys are averaging north of 4.5 rebounds per game. I mean, Kermit Davis, it just feels like he has no idea what he's doing. I wish I could put it any other way, but there's just no making sense as to what Ole Miss has been trying. And I mean, as a result, they're 10-17. and 17. If Kermit Davis is not on the hot seat, I have absolutely no idea what Ole Miss is waiting for because they can't a guy in Andy Kennedy that always did more with less. He's right now doing less with more. It's been really bad for this Ole Miss team to start out the season. So that has been not great. I mean, heck, Ole Miss lost on their home floor earlier this year to North Alabama. Not terrific, to say the least. This is another Alabama team that they lost would be quite a bit more understandable here, but for Auburn... They've been able to do a nice job bearing down on defense. It's an Auburn team that's been playing quite a bit more slowly this year. They're more of a mid-tempo team. Ole Miss, we're on 225th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. But today, Auburn team that's starting to find their way a little bit more with our offense. An Ole Miss team that just has not been providing a lot of defense here in the SEC as well. So it is a total that I did set at a 136 half. 136 or less, that is pretty much my my absolute lowest uh or my absolute highest i'm willing to go over on but i'm willing to go over on the 136 meanwhile with auburn if you're able to get 12 or less like we're seeing that pop up now at DraftKings at a few other shops i'm going to be willing to lay that number how about if we go with a game that is evolving number one in all of college basketball that'd be Tulane in houston this is 735 736 on the betting board houston open up a 15 and a half point favorite the summer has come down a little bit it's anywhere between 14 and 15 now and your total on this game it is 143 and a half, and this is a Houston team that's been able to do a really good job of being able to cover spreads, and we always love to give love to this Houston team for what they're able to do on the defensive side of things. How about what they've been able to do on offense? This is a top 20 team in terms of raw points scored on a per-possession basis, and I don't think enough love is being given to Jamal Shedd. Jamal Shedd does a really good job of keeping this thing just sort of in sorts. He does a nice job of being able to make sure that things don't don't go off the rails as Houston has only turned the ball over right around nine times for contests. They're a team that they really do play a very, very slow style. They are in the bottom 35 in terms of possessions per game. Meanwhile, you've got a Tulane team that is looking to run it. They are looking to gun it, and they are looking to play super-duper up-tempo. Tulane in the top 15 in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. As a matter of fact, they are in the top 10 terms of total possessions per game, but last time around, Tulane couldn't get to 65 points 
in that game. And you take a look at this Houston team and the way that they have been able to cover these ridiculous numbers. You take a look at their last 28 games as a favorite of at least 12 points. They are in this band 18 and 10 against the spread. They take care of business when they're a big giant favorite. And I think that Tulane is going to be falling prey to that now. What you do like about Tulane is that they do the little things well. It's a top 10 team in the country in terms of free throw shooting percentage. They are a top 10 team in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis. You've got the Jalen's, Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes. They combined for 38 points per contest. Cook has been a cooking with being able to give you right around five assists per game. Forbes is able to shoot 38% from three-part range, but just don't have anything down low to match up with this Houston team. Juwan Roberts along Jarris Walker have been able to combine for 13 and a half rebounds per game. Houston was able to do a good job on the glass the first time around. And they're going to need Kevin Cross, Tulane is, to really step up down low. 12 points, five or six and a half rebounds per game. He shoots in the low 30s from three-point range. Sion James has been able to do a solid job, giving you a little bit over a seal per game as well. But this is just a Houston team that's too disciplined. You throw in their Marcus Sasser. Was able to give you about 16 points per game. He shoots in the high 30s from three-point range. Houston was a little bit unlucky if you take a look at their three-point shooting numbers towards the beginning part of the season. Now things are starting to iron out. You've got Traymond Mark, who's able to give you good production as well. And just year in and year out, Houston, one of the best teams at being able to guard the three-point arc in all of college basketball. This Houston team just has so much rough and tumble with them. I do like this team. I did set my total at 143. So here at 143 and a half, pretty much the minimum I'm looking to go under on, but I'm going to be willing to go under. And with regards to this Houston team, I felt like they should have been closer to a favorite of 17 points. I'm going to be willing to lay the number. And coming up next, we're going to be shifting our gears from college basketball into the NBA. Grant Mitchell, who does a great job over at Forbes and the Fade the Public podcast, going to be joining me next. We're going to get set for the second half of the NBA season right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Grant Mitchell. That's absolutely tremendous work over as one half of the Fade the Public podcast and does a great job over at Forbes as well. Grant, always great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yes, sir, Greg. Thank you so much for having me back. As you know, no other place that I like to spend my early mornings, late nights than talking sports with you. Absolutely. Out there on the East Coast, it is 2.15 a.m., but you know what? Money does not sleep, neither do we, and that is a mentality that I absolutely love. And Grant, taking a look at the second half of the NBA season, we've got ourselves a nice little break to be able to take a breath, try to take in everything that happened at the trade deadline, and for that matter, the last 48 hours in general with Things like Russell Westbrook heading over to the L.A. Clippers. We've seen a couple other ancillary moves that have happened with guys that were free agents, few 10-day contracts being signed by guys like Myers Leonard as well. Who's the team that over the last few weeks with all their moves you're feeling most bullish on? Because when I take a look at the NBA landscape, I don't necessarily fall in love with these teams that make the blockbuster moves, but rather the teams that they stick a lot with their just core guys and they add someone like, a number three, number four score to be able to fortify what they're already doing well. 
Yeah, I don't want to bury your lead, so let's go ahead and talk about that Russell Westbrook move because that was the biggest one of the last week or so, and of course it just happened. We know that he started with the Los Angeles Lakers. We knew he wasn't going to stay in Utah. I did not personally expect him to go to the Clippers at first, but when the reports started coming out, when there's smoke, there's usually a fire. We know that Russell Westbrook and Paul George had great success, maybe not great, but marginal success when they teamed up together in Oklahoma City. That year, Paul George finished as a top three MVP candidate. So it wasn't totally surprising on the surface that he ended up there. But I do have to say, like you were just talking about, it's those teams that they retool. They don't necessarily rebuild. I don't think the Lakers fully rebuilt, but it was a little bit greater than a retool, which is why I'm not totally confident on them moving into the playoffs. With these Clippers, I feel like this year was maybe their best chance to make a real run towards the title since Kawhi and Paul George showed up in Los Angeles. And of course, we know about the injury problems they've had. We know about the player turnover. The coach has changed. This was the year where I really feel like they could look around and say, the West is wide open. We can make a real run at this. And then you bring in Russell Westbrook, who's a very divisive player, maybe not always in terms of personality, but just in terms of the basketball player that he is. If we try to analyze how he fits into this Clippers team, I really am struggling to come up with a scenario in which it works out for all parties. Okay, if he continues to go on the bench, we've seen him pout. We've seen him hang his head on the sidelines. He's not engaged with the team during the warm-ups. He's leaving early to go to the locker room when he's not closing out the games. Okay, well, we're going to start him, and we're going to put him on the ball. Guess what? Russell Westbrook leads the league in turnovers per 36 minutes, and his usage rate is down significantly from what it was when he was at the peak of his powers in Oklahoma City because obviously LeBron James and Anthony Davis were his teammates. Okay, we're going to start him, but we're going to put him off the ball. He has the second-worst three-point percentage of all qualified players, only Paolo Bancaro is shooting at worst. I just don't understand this move and how it's going to help the Clippers achieve their goal of becoming championship contenders. I do agree with you. I'm with the LA Clippers. It's just a case of I can't buy into this team just because of the health alone. Paul George has been banged up so much. Kawhi Leonard is the poster child of load management. You just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him night in and night out. And I recognize that adding Russell Westbrook, it certainly does help out with the depth of this team. But I had major question marks with the Clippers depth to start out with. And I still have a little bit of a question mark with regards to their depth too. Yes, absolutely. And I've got to be honest, you wanted to know which team I'm most bullish on. If I had to pick right now, I would probably take the Nuggets to represent the West in the finals. But honestly, sometimes the best gambling advice is to fade a team or in this case, a conference. I don't have a strong lead on which team I really think is going to make the finals. I think all of the top teams in the West are flawed right now. We can start with the Nuggets, who, again, I just said would be my pick if I had to pick one. But Jokic has only led, he didn't even lead his team to the Western Conference Finals. He's been to the Western Conference Finals one time. That was in the bubble. And if you remember, Jamal Murray scored 40 in the closeout game, Game 7 against the Clippers, to get them to the Conference Finals. And it was Jamal Murray who scored 50 points twice in the first round of those playoffs to win in a Game 7. They had two 3-1 to comebacks. Until I see Jokic perform at this all-world MVP level in the postseason, I'm not fully going to believe in them. We look at the Suns. Chris Paul has playoff injury problems. Devin Booker still has this label of being a young guy, but he's been in the league for eight years, and he's never really had that defining playoff moment. Kevin Durant has said that it's not his job to be a leader on the basketball court. DeAndre Ayton, as we know, comes and goes. The Clippers, we just talked about them. The Mavericks, they don't play defense. And can Luka and Kyrie 
coexist together. The Sacramento Kings is Sacramento Kings. They haven't been to the playoffs in 20 years. There are problems with all of these teams. The Memphis Grizzlies, one team that I forgot up there at the top, they're 15th in offensive rating, 25th in true shooting percentage, last in free throw percentage, and they're getting way too big for their britches. There are just so many problems with all these teams in the West that I'm not going to be betting on any of them. Yep, I do not blame you there. It is a Western Conference in which one of those teams have to make the finals, but the question is which one? Being able to perhaps play it series by series once you get into the playoffs, being able to maximize that, or just even going game to game, I do think is a much better approach. So I do like that, but I know that you've got a little bit more of a lean on the East end. There are two teams in particular that you like, and neither of them are the Boston Celtics. So talk to me about them and what you're all liking out East. Yeah, so the Boston Celtics, I feel like they were looked at just a little too highly. And I'm not saying that they're not a great team. But I think people definitively think them as the guaranteed best team in the NBA. That's why they started the year with the highest win total projection. They're the current odds-on favorites to win the NBA Finals. And yes, they have the best record, but they're not as unstoppable as they were for that first month or two of the season. They're showing very, very slight cracks, nothing major. But I feel like when they went to the finals, people were saying that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they played really bad, but that's okay because they have that experience under their belt. They're going to come back and prove themselves in the next playoffs. I don't understand why we are just forgetting the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks, in my eyes, were going to go to those finals if Chris Middleton wasn't injured. The Bucks also have the best player on the planet, in my eyes, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Drew Holiday is playing at an all-star level. Obviously, he was just in the all-star game. They made a sneakily amazing pickup of Jay Crowder. He's going to take on that P.J. Tucker sort of role that was influential for them in the past. And then the other team that I like, the Philadelphia 76ers. These guys are great. They were 15-4 and in their last 19 games heading into the All-Star break. They're fourth in net rating. They can play offense. They can play defense. Joel Embiid's giving you 33-10 and a night. James Harden's giving you 22-11 and with 39% from three a night. Very, very good team. And this is the first year in the past half decade or so that Philadelphia really doesn't have any expectations. Now, the one thing you can say about them is they haven't even been to the conference finals in the Joel Embiid era, but I think that changes this season. And that is music to my ears. Speaking of Jay Crowder, a guy that played his college basketball at Marquette, as you know, that is in Milwaukee. A nice little frugal move. It really doesn't wreck the apple cart with the way that the Milwaukee Bucks operate. Just adds to what they do as well. So these are the sorts of moves I really do like. And just in terms of that, are you someone that when it comes to these teams that have made some moves, do you look at more of the teams that they did make a move, like picking up a Jay Crowder, which I think is a good fit for the Milwaukee Bucks, making more of these ancillary moves rather than going out there trying to get a guy like a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving because I look at these teams and I just am trying to wonder who's the last team that made a blockbuster move in season that won an NBA title because I really can't think of one. It would be, I would have to go back pretty far to think about who that team would be. Off the top of my head, I don't have anything for you, unfortunately. My producer says Clyde Drexler, but the team only made the finals. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I don't necessarily want teams to stay packed throughout the season. I'm not saying that's a criticism of mine of the Boston Celtics because their rotation is so strong, but it's just a little thing. Again, the Bucks picking up Jake Crowder, that addresses a need, not a glaring need because you were a phenomenal team. The Bucks are only a half game behind the Celtics. People don't seem to realize that. They are right there. But it's just that little bit of weakness 
you're soaring it up before the playoffs come around. I think moves like those, like you were saying to your credit, can be very big for a team. Yep, I'm right there with you. And you've got a little bit of a play for Thursday for us as well as it is going to be the Lakers and it is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Most places have this line right around about a four and a half or so or seeing a straight five pop up at DraftKings. Where do you stand on this one? Because it is a new look Lakers team that, well, let's call it what it is. Getting rid of Russell Westbrook, I think, is going to be an addition by subtraction for them. Yes, I agree with you. And to be fair, I can't give you great gambling advice and say take the Lakers money line at minus 190. I would maybe look at an alternate spread because I know of that, about the rivalry that exists between LeBron and the Warriors. So maybe this is only a two or three point game. If you can find an alternate line, get it for maybe minus 130, minus 140 odds. I would suggest that. The Warriors, believe it or not, have a worse record against the spread than the Lakers this season, which is baffling with how bad the Lakers have been. They're 7-22 on the road. This game is in Crypto.com Arena. Got to go with the Lakers in this one. The Warriors have been a fade on the road, but a man that we always look to back is you, Grant. You do amazing work over with being one half of the Fade the Public podcast. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some college basketball for this Wednesday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bay Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guest tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where Experts break down brackets, bets, bets, daily props, and so much more. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. And that is at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN. The Sports Bank Network was great to be able to get Grant Mitchell aboard. Does great work over at Forbes and is also one half of the Fade the Public podcast. So it was nice to be able to have a little bit of chatter as to what we're all seeing in the NBA, but now we've got to turn it forward to the college kids as unfortunately we do not have any uh, games that are going to be going down in terms of the uh, NBA board until Thursday, but we do have plenty of college basketball and we've got some very fascinating games to say the least as able to make money, whether it be in the big 10, the big 12 list goes on and on, or you could go a little bit more dumpster diving as I like to call it, and you're able to go down to the extra games, which I always think is very fascinating. We've been talking a lot about these more mainstream games, but how about if we take a look at a team that I think is a little bit undervalued, and I feel like they should be more like a double-digit favorite. 306-529, 306-530. UNC Asheville is going to be playing us to Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern is an underdog of 9.5 points. Charles anywhere between 145.5 and 146.5, and I did make UNC Asheville a double-digit favorite. And here's a guy that you want to be noting because if UNC Asheville is able to win the Big South and they make the NCAA tournament, this guy is going to be the talk of the town, and that would be Drew Pember. The guy stands six foot ten. He averages about 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, 2.5 assists, and he shoots 38% from 3-point range. He's a human statute stuffer. He's 
Couple with Fletcher Aby, who's about a 40% three-point shooter. Comes in from the Citadel from a few seasons ago. You've also been able to have Tyshawn Jones be able to chip in their 14 points, a few rebounds. He shoots the ball from three-point range, and they're going up against the Charleston Southern team that turns the points a lot on a per-possession basis. They've been absolutely brutal this year. Charleston Southern, 357th out of 363 D1 teams in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And then it's a Nashville team that they're now in the top 100 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, giving up 12.6 points fewer per 100 possessions at home rather than in a road-slash-shoot-record environment. I did, as a result, make my total a 146.5. So right now we're seeing a lot of 145.5, 146. I'm going to be willing to go over, but I do think that you want to be taking note of UNC Asheville in this game and perhaps moving forward a little bit more. As I do think that there's a little bit of value on them. So wanted to give you guys that little bit of a nugget of a handicap there. And let's take a look at a game that is on the more normal Las Vegas betting board. And I do think that there's a little bit of value with this on underdogs. 697, 698 on the board. It is Cincinnati. In the words of Bill Belichick, we are on to Cincinnati. And they're going to be playing us to Temple. Temple is between a 7.5 to an 8-point underdog. And total on this game, finding an angle between 139.5 and 140.5. And when it comes to the Cincinnati bunch, I do feel like they should be able to get a little bit of revenge after the first time around. Temple was actually able to get a win. That was towards New Year's. That was a 70-61 to 61 slobber knocker. But I could only set my number at 7.5, mostly seeing 8 across the board. DraftKings has the lone 7.5. I'm really seeing among books that are really operating here in the United States. So it's a spot in which I'm going to be willing to take eight with Temple. Temple has been able to do a nice job with regards to team rebounding. Guys like Kerr Junku have been able to do a solid job. Jodelio White is able to give you about five points, five rebounds per contest. And you now have Jamayo Reynolds, who began his career at Central Florida back at the fold. He's been able to get the team right around six rebounds per game. Flip side for Cincinnati, you do have David DeJulius Landers. Nolly combining for about 31 points per game. You've got DeJulius, who's been able to shoot about 37.5% from three and is a big part of a Cincinnati team that only turns the ball over about 10.5 times per game. Cincinnati has kicked it up with their tempo a little bit more, right around 100th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. And they've been able to do a nice job of just being able to operate with one another. So I do think that it is fascinating to watch them. And Victor Lakeen, I know, has been dealing with a little bit of an injury for the Cincinnati team. Only guy in the roster that really gives you north of five rebounds per game other than Lander Zolli, who's been able to shoot in his own right about 42% from three-point range. But I do think that it is a spot where we've gone up a little bit too far with this number and for Temple. What is going to be able to keep them lively in this game? Kayleaf Battle, Damian Dunn. These two guys combine for about 33 points per contest. They do a nice job of shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. And both of these guys combine to shoot north of 85% at the free throw line. So I do think that you've got some relatively good value here with Temple being able to get eight. And it's a total that I do think is intriguing to take a look at as well. Something that I've noticed in the American is that if you take a look at just conference games and conference games only, and keep in mind, the American is the same conference that is housing the Houston Cougars, one of the top defensive teams in all of college basketball, north of 60 games in the entirety of the conference. This is just American versus American. So do both of these teams are in the same conference. This doesn't include out-of-conference play, but in terms of conference play, North of 60% of games in this conference have been going over the total. I think that you might be doing for a little bit of late game fouling. Got a Cincinnati team that's playing a little bit more up-tempo than they have in past years. So it's a circumstance in which I'm going to be willing to take a look at the over in this spot. And I'm going to be willing to take the points with Temple. Did set my total more around a 141.5. 
I do find this game to be a little bit intriguing as well as you've got a road favorite that I think should be a little bit more of a favorite. 703-704 on the betting board. Louisiana Monroe is going to be playing us at Troy. The Trojans of Troy opened up a 3.5 point favorite. This is up to pretty much 4.5 across the board. Total on this game in between 134.5 and 135.5. Troy is one of those scenes where the hole is greater than some of its parts. You've got a lot of guys that they just meld and operate very well together. And Troy does not experience any sort of a fall off when they're on the road. Troy overall is 81st in the country. He turns points a lot on a per possession basis. They're only giving up 0.9 points more per 100 possessions in a roadside slash card environment rather than at home. You've got Zay Williams, Christian Eugene, who have been able to combine for 23 points per game. Williams is your top rebounder. Eugene is able to bomb it at nearly 40% from three-point range. Meanwhile, you've got a Louisiana Monroe team that in late January, it was looking like this Louisiana Monroe team was turning over a little bit of a new leaf. They still have a little bit of something down low. Victor Bufudo, 7.7 points, 7 boards, multiple blocks per game. Thomas Howells, a six foot nine combo player. He reels in 7 rebounds. He's able to pop threes at a high 30s clip. You've also got Jabari Blackman, a couple of Tariq LaCour who have been able to combine for about 30 points per game. Both of these guys shooting the mid to high 30s from three-point range. But for Louisiana Monroe, Ever since they were able to have a nice triumph being able to win in double overtime against Marshall, things have went completely down the toilet bowl for this team. They're now right around 260th in the country. Turns the points a lot on a per-possession basis. After it was really looking like things were finally getting online for them, not so much. You've got the men of Troy who have been able to do a good job holding up at the point of attack on defense all season long. They're a team that ranks in the neighborhood about 200th in the country in terms of Points allowed on a per-possession basis, so maybe they will do a good job of holding up on that end of things as well. And you've got so many guys that have really good versatility as well because when it comes to this bunch, you've been able to get someone like a uh, Nelson Phillips who's been able to give you 11 points. He's able to chip in there in that neighborhood about 5.5 rebounds per game, so he's been able to do a good job with this bunch. You take a look just down the list that so many guys are able to contribute nearly a seal per game as Troy in the top 50 in terms of steals. Force on a per-possession basis It's a Louisiana Monroe team that just does not do as good of a job of being able to rip the ball away. And I do think that that is going to be very much a rough ordeal for a Louisiana Monroe team that I mean, Keith Richard has been able to do an okay job with this team, but having out of the fold, Nika, I am not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He's a six foot nine gentleman from the country of Georgia. Having him out of the fold, it clearly has set this team back. And I mean, speaking of being set back, giving up 76-plus points in each of the last three games while not being able to get past the 67-point plateau in each of your last five. Not so terrific for Louisiana Monroe. I did set Troy as a 5.5-point road favor. Going to be one lay the number. Semi total 135.5 with the way that this offense has been relatively rock solid for Troy and the way that this Louisiana Monroe defense has completely regressed. So going to be taking a look at an over on 134.5, and I'm going to be taking a look at Troy. One to lay the number there, and then... How about if we go with the team that I'm going to be willing to take as a sizable underdog? 707-708 on the board. Illinois State, they have the road to face off against Drake. The men of Drake are between a 15 to a 15 and a half point favorite. Total on this game is 137 half. For Illinois State, I'm also going to be willing to take a look at the over in this spot with them as well. Illinois State has been able to play a little bit better on offense, and that's because Darius Burford has been able to step up for the team. It is a Illinois State team has been a little bit less than savory in terms of their overall tempo. They do turn the ball over 14 times a game. Drake is not a team that's going to go out there and give you a bunch of seals. It is a Drake team that ranks in the top 50 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but Illinois State being able to get 17-plus points 
per game out of Darius Burford in the last three. That has been solid. You do have a Drake team that I like, Tucker DeFries. He's been able to give you 19 points per game. Shoots over 40% for three-point range, Garrett Sturts. He's a six-foot-three gentleman that's able to give you seven boards per contest. But you take a look at really each of the top four scores for Illinois State. They all give you between about nine and a half points and 12 and a half points per game. I think that they hold in this game. We'll take the 15 to 15 and a half with Illinois State and the over. And coming up in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience for this late Tuesday, early Wednesday, I give you guys my DK Nation pick for this college basketball Wednesday here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sports fans, the football season has wrapped up, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your place to be for basketball and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line out and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get. Weekly pro basketball bet and get, and so much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today, as it is a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and a little bit of a programming note that if you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, coming up next is going to be the replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. Meanwhile, if you are listening to a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, it is going to be follow the money. We've got... Tim Murray and Sean King in for Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. They're going to be batting clean up here on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm sure that they're going to be taking a look at what is a rather expansive college basketball card. I'm sure that they're going to be getting you guys set for what is going to be a tremendous NBA second half of the season as well. So that's going to begin started back up on Thursday and so much more. So they always do a tremendous job looking forward to that and looking forward to getting you guys set to cash some tickets on this college basketball Wednesday. Let's go with my DK Nation pick as we're going to be going to the Big Ten in this one, and we're going to be going to my home state of Wisconsin. 731, 732 on the board. It is Iowa, and they're going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off against Wisconsin. There is Wisconsin, who is a one-point underdog at home, and your total on this game is 139.5, and Big Ten home court advantage has been so supreme all season long, and there's no reason to think otherwise right now, as I did set Wisconsin as more of a two-point favorite. It's going to depend upon the timing of the write-up, whether it's going to be just Wisconsin at this plus one that we're seeing right now, or if we're able to get a money line price of right around like even money, minus 105, something of that nature. But I think that Wisconsin's going to be able to get the job done. That is going to be the DK Nation pick, just because with Iowa, such dramatic home and road splits. We've seen it with so many of these Big Ten teams, and Iowa is truly the textbook definition of Jekyll and Hyde, more or less with their offense. Their defense, it doesn't matter whether they're at home, it doesn't matter whether they're on the road, they could go to Zimbabwe, and their defense would probably still stink. They're 225th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but their offense, very good at home. As a matter of fact, they're 13th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They give up or they score 22 and a half points fewer per one iron possessions when they're away from home. That is a big giant issue. And their three point shooting percentage, it goes from 38.4% at home down to about 28% in a roadside shoot record environment. And now you have to go up against a Wisconsin team that they do such a good job of getting their super duper slow, grimy, sad style. Wisconsin has given up 61 points or fewer 
in six out of their last seven games in regulation. They did have a game that went into overtime in that time span, but they do a really nice job of locking you down. As a matter of fact, first time these two teams played, a little bit of an asterisk on this game because Chris Murray, star scorer for Iowa, has been really the best player for this Iowa team. He's been able to team up with Philip Rapatcha to be able to give you 16 rebounds per game. He himself chips in there nearly 20 points per game, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. He was out of the fold that first time around, so Wisconsin was able to catch a little bit of a break there. Big reason why they were able to win outright at Carver Hawkeye Arena, but for Wisconsin, I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job on the glass in this one as you do have a pair of guys in Tyler Wall Couple with Stephen Kroll, who have both been able to give you right around 11.5 points per game. They team up to be able to give you about 13 rebounds. Both of these guys do a nice job of being able to help facilitate offense and combine 5.3 assists per game. And then we got Connor Asijan and Chucky Upper. Both of these guys combined for 24 points. They shoot over 40% as a collective. And for Wisconsin, they've got some pretty big home and road splits with regards to their three-point shooting as well. Wisconsin on the road, shooting about 32.5% from three-point range at home. It is up to about 39.9% from three-point range. Wisconsin, when they had their losses as well, they were also dealing with a little bit of concussion protocol situations with Max Kleesman. He shoots 36.5% from three. He's been able to get the team 7.5 points per game, so getting him back has been big for this team as well. And for Iowa, you're going to be having to rely upon guys like a Peyton Sanford to be able to step up. I don't think that he's going to be able to do so. It is a Wisconsin team that always gets their methodical style in Wisconsin. 8.7 turnovers per game. They rank number three in the country in terms of fewest turnovers on any per possession basis. Iowa's in the top 10, but Iowa, as you can expect, they turn the ball over a little bit more when they're away from home as well. I do think that the Cole Center is going to be able to bolster Wisconsin to a win that they desperately need for the bracketology. I was seeing Joe Lenardi apparently had Wisconsin in the last four in, and I mean, I'm someone from the state of Wisconsin. That looked off to me. I would not have Wisconsin in the field as of right now, especially after that less than terrific loss that they took against Rutgers a few days ago. They really need this game, in my opinion. I I think that they're going to get it. I also think that Wisconsin going to be able to do a nice job holding it down with their defense once again. Last time these two teams played, it was 60-60 to going into overtime. In that one, I think that it's going to be a little bit more rambunctious in terms of the scoring, but did somebody total 136. I'm going to be willing to dive under in this spot. DK Nation write-up, that is going to be on Wisconsin, as they always like to say. How about if we take a look at a little bit more of a mid-major game, and you got one of the saddest offenses in all of college basketball that's going to be looking to get the job done at home, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do so. 719, 720 on the betting board. One of the most shocking upsets of the year was when Iowa lost at home to Eastern Illinois. And now Eastern Illinois is a home underdog against Morehead State. Morehead State is a five-point favorite, and your total is anywhere between 130 and a half and 131. This is a line that opened up more in the neighborhood of three to three and a half. And I think that you still have a little bit of value if you're looking to fade Eastern Illinois. I set this line more in the neighborhood of a five and a half. So at five, it's really my max buy point on being able to lay it with more at state. But this more at state team has really been able to do a good job reining it in with their defense, giving up 65 points or fewer in six out of their last eight games. But for more at state, they're able to bomb it from three point range as well. Drew Thelwell along Jake Wolf combined for 19 points per game. These two guys combined to shoot about 20 or about 40% from three point range. And then you're able to get 13 and a half points three-plus assists per game out of also Mark Freeman, who does a solid job. And Eastern Illinois, they generate about eight and a half steals per game, but they're an all-or-nothing steals team that ranks about 260th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. 
It's an Eastern Illinois team that's in the bottom 55 in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Really, you've got one guy in Keenan Hodges who's able to give you 14 points per game, and nobody else does anything. Sincere Malone is right now your leading rebounder with 4.6 rebounds per game, so it's going to be gross, but down low. And by that, I mean Alex Gross. He's been able to give Morehead State nearly two blocks, seven rebounds. He does a good job for this Morehead State team. And Morehead State is looking like one of the better teams in the Ohio Valley right now. They have been able to step up with SIU Edwardsville taking a step back after it found out that, after it turned out that their win against St. Louis, well, it's diminished because St. Louis turned out to be frauds this season. So that was not necessarily too terrific, but Warren State has been able to do a solid job with their three-point shooting. Eastern Illinois as a rebounding. They turn the ball over a lot. They shoot as a collective 63% of the free throw line. They shoot as a collective about 32% from three-point range. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities with Eastern Illinois. And Eastern Illinois, I think, is going to be giving up points upon points in this spot. I did set my total at 131 at because I do think that Morehead State is going to be able to knock down a bunch of threes on a very poor perimeter three-point shooting defense. That is Eastern Illinois. And I'm willing to lay up to five with Morehead State as well. And then we got to take a look at this Big East slobber knocker. 717-718 on the betting board. DePaul is playing Osa Butler. Butler is between a two and a two and a half point underdog. And your total house game is saying between 138.5 and 140. Money is coming in on DePaul as a favorite. That is not something that I came on this show thinking that I would say. I did set DePaul as a two and a half point favorite. This is a number that would open up at one and a half. I really like DePaul in the open. If you still have the two available, I'd be willing to lay it in this spot. It is a DePaul team that they've been able to have a pair of guys, Javon Johnson, Alonzo, Maja Gibson, be able to combine for 31 points per game. You've got a guy in Deshaun Nelson who I really like. He's been able to give the team at least nine points in every single one of the team's games ever since the turn of the new year. And they're going up with a Butler team that has Simeus Lucatius. They able to give you 12 points, four boards, three assists, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. And DePaul, Grody with their defense. DePaul, they give up the amount of points per possession that is the exact same at home as it is on the road. And that would be 105.7 points per 100 possession. So, less than savory there. But it is a Butler team that they themselves have not been able to get much offense going. They're outside the top 125 in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. Benny Bates has been able to give you two blocks per game down low. But I do think that Butler is going to be head down low because now you've got Nick Ogenda back in the fold. Nick Ogenda has been able to do a relatively solid job for DePaul in the two games that he's been back. I believe that he's had 12 blocks in his two games since he has been back. He is a difference maker for DePaul. I do think that that's going to be taking DePaul over the top in this spot. And I do think that you get a little bit of late game felling. And as I mentioned, DePaul, a less than terrific defense. Somebody told 142 and a half, looking over and looking to lay two or less with DePaul. And that leads into our VEASAN pro tip for our number three, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these all by show and by sport. And the pro tip for our number three, when taking a look at the NBA futures market, do note that a lot of these teams that they made blockbuster moves, they are going to be probably overpriced in the futures market considering none of these teams that made blockbuster moves in recent years have been able to win the title. Look at teams that made more frugal moves and always take a look at follow the money. 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Responsible sports betting starts with a game plan. That means stick to a budget. Keep it social by playing with friends. Learn the game and know the odds. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. 
Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.